pleasure to be back again. And we are going to continue our series on uh, the devoted church out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And just a little recap of last night, we, we talked about if you could have a one-line mission statement for your church, what would that be? And our conclusion was that this church would be dedicated to the truth of the doctrine, dedicated to fellowship with one another, dedicated to the breaking of bread together, and dedicated to prayer. And that is what our churches are to be. Uh, last night we talked about the uh, dedication to the Apostles' Doctrine, preaching the truth. And from that truth, we learn how to fellowship, we learn how we're to properly break bread, and we learn how to pray. So we're going to go a little bit out of order. This morning we're going to talk about prayer, a church devoted to prayer. Now, in my preparation for this message, while I was praying for the Lord to open my understanding to lead me, I was struck with both the great privilege it is to pray and the great duty we have to pray. As the brother just prayed, it is a blessing to go to God in prayer. It's a blessing. But sadly, this is one of the most neglected areas that we see in many churches. We should be longing to commune with God. We should have a desire, a hunger to speak to our God. So let's look at the example that the saints here in the first church give us. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, as I said, we looked at their devotion to the doctrine. This afternoon, we'll look at the breaking of bread and fellowship. But what we see in all four of these is an eagerness of the church. They were steadfast in it. They were devoted to it. They were committed to all four, not just one, not two, not three, but all four aspects of what we need to be as a church. Now, there are many aspects and duties in the Christian life, and all of them are important. But I believe that prayer and our devotion and our communing with God is what culminates all the others together. Our going before God in prayer, both corporately and privately in our own lives. So what is prayer? Prayer, simply put, is you are talking to God. Prayer doesn't have to be some great elaborate thing. It's not complicated. In fact, it's one of the easiest things you can do as a Christian. You simply talk to God. Whether you need to do this verbally, out loud, whether you need to do it privately to yourself, whether we do it in the congregation, whether we're around the table when we eat, putting your children to bed, it is simply put, you're speaking to God. You're going to God. It's a direct address to our God. Prayer is really the communication of the soul with the creator of that soul. It is our inner being, our very core, going to the one who sustains, the one who opens our eyes, the one who gives us encouragement in him, the one who gives us strength to fight our daily battles. It is simply going to him. Prayer is our primary way of communing with our Lord Jesus Christ. It's how we get our emotions out, our desires to our God, our worship to our God. And it is how you personally fellowship with God. 
Now we have fellowship with one another, and that's important, and we'll talk about that this afternoon. But you, as an individual, must also fellowship with God yourself. But you as a church must also fellowship with God in prayer. That's why it's important. As your song leader does multiple times, Brother Aaron says, let's stop and have a word of prayer. I'm going to tell you, you cannot pray too much. You can pray too little, and most of us do, but you cannot pray too much. And when we come together as a church body, the body of Christ, to commune with our head, prayer is key. Prayer is key to a healthy church. A church that does not pray together will not fellowship together. A church that does not pray together will not love one another. A church that does not pray together will not be there to help each other from the fire. A church that does not pray together cannot truly worship in unity as one body. Christian prayer in its full New Testament meaning is prayer addressing to God the Father through the means of Jesus Christ sacrificed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you now. When you go to God, the triune God is what enables you to come before Him. And the thing that is the most beautiful about prayer is that He hears you. His ears are not closed to His people. Now his ears are closed to some. John chapter 9 verse 31 says he does not hear the prayer of the wicked. His ears are shut to them. And before he opened your heart, before he came and he pricked your heart and you cried out to whatever God, it was not to his ears. But when he has opened your eyes to see him, to know him, Know this, be assured in this, be confident in this, that when you cry to God, He hears you. He hears this church together and He hears you individually. He loves to hear you. You are not a burden to God. You are His joy. You are His delight. The prayers of His saints are precious to Him. In the book of Revelation, there's this huge, huge bowl of incense and overflowing out of it are all the prayers of all the saints over all the ages. The prayers of the saints are a beautiful incense to God. He is pleased with it and he wants you to come to him in prayer. He desires for you to come to him in prayer and he loves for you to come to Him in prayer because He hears your prayers. Prayer is a privilege. Prayer is, prayer is an absolute privilege. We do not have just an innate right to go to God in prayer. But through the power of the Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ, you have the privilege of coming before Him in prayer. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure waters. 
before the sacrifice of Christ, there was the Holy of Holies. And only certain priests could enter into that Holy of Holies. And he could only enter it at a certain time of the year and in a certain way. But when our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified and he willingly gave up his life for you and for me, something drastic happened in that Holy of Holies, which was the veil between the people and God because they could not see God. It was too much for them to see God. As we saw with Moses, his countenance was so bright that they had to put a veil over his face when he went before the people because he had been in the presence of God. God was terrifying to the people. They said, Moses, we don't want to hear him. You speak to him for us because he's too fearful. And there was a holy of holies where God's presence would sit and the priest would go and make sacrifice. But when the sacrifice that was made once and for all That curtain, that veil, which was a very, very, very thick veil, was torn in two from top to bottom, giving you the access to the Holy of Holies today. You yourself go into the Holy of Holies and you go with boldness and with a full assurance that He will hear His people. You have the privilege to come before God A privilege that only the priest had for years. But you, every saint, young or old, man or woman, it doesn't matter. You have that privilege to go before God. So shame on us when we shun the privilege to be with our God. Shame on us when we fail to go into His presence and to plead with Him and to worship Him. You don't need a priest to intercede for you. You don't need a priest to take your prayers for you. You don't need to pray to a saint to go before God. You go to God yourself in prayer. And this church was devoted to constantly being in communion with God. This wasn't a once a week thing at church. It wasn't a once a time thing during the day. You will see that this church prays constantly night and day over every situation in every situation they find themselves in night or day for every need they pray and they go before their God. This is the God, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all things, the giver and the taker of life, omniscient, omnipresent, all knowing all-powerful, and yet He deigns to hear me come before Him. This great God listens to the clay cry out to the potter and He hears you. We have this privilege. So I tell you, brothers and sisters, use this privilege often. He has granted you that access. Take hold of it and go before Him boldly. Reverently, but boldly because you're going through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're not going by your deeds. You're not going by your goodness. You go boldly because the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to take you into that Holy of Holies. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to bring you into His presence. And the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient for Him to hear you go before 
You know, sometimes, as James chapter 4 says, you have not because you ask not. We want God to bless us. We want Him to help us in our needs. But we fail to go to Him. We just wonder, God, why aren't you helping me? Why is life so hard for me? Why do I have this struggle and that struggle? And yet we don't go to God. You know, oftentimes we only go to Him when we desperately realize that we need Him. Instead of going to Him just simply to worship Him. When is the last time you have gone to God to just thank Him for His blessings on you? Or have you waited until you desperately needed something? Don't just go to God when you need something. Go to God to worship Him for who He is. Go to God to worship Him for what He has done in your life. Just simply go say, Lord, thank You that You have saved me, a wretched sinner. And this is what this church felt. There was 3,000 that were pricked to the heart. They felt their sin. And they are dedicated to going back to God over and over and over again. Not just asking for needs, but to worship Him. To ask for His presence to be with them. To ask for His blessings over them. But prayer is not also just a privilege. Prayer is a duty as a Christian. We as blood-bought children of God have a duty to pray. Yes, God is sovereign over all things. Yes, His will will be done, but I tell you, He uses the prayers of His saints to work His will in this earth. It is your duty to go before God and to petition Him. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7, through paraphrasing says, Don't be anxious about anything in every situation by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You go present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all of our understandings, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You can sum that verse up like this. Worry about nothing, but pray about everything. Yes, we have worries in this world. I realize that. Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have concerns. We worry about our future of our country. I worry about what my children will be left with in this country. I worry that I'm not a good enough father or a good enough husband. I worry that I haven't studied enough in the word. We get depressed. We have struggles. We have conflicts. But don't worry. Don't worry. God will give you peace when you come to Him through the power of Jesus Christ. Worry about nothing, but pray about everything. There is no prayer too small for our mighty God. Don't say, Lord, He doesn't care about my need. Yes, so I'm having a bad day. So what? It's not that bad. At least I'm not being persecuted like they are in China. I'm not in an underground church. They need to pray more than I need to pray. He needs to hear their prayers more than he needs to hear mine. I tell you, he hears all the prayers of all his saints all the time. He is not a God of stone and wood who cannot hear. 
He is not a God of flesh as we are who hears one conversation at a time. When I am at the dinner table with my children, I have to say, stop. I can only understand one at a time. I have no clue what anybody just said. You go, then you go. But not our God. He is not like me. He is mighty. He is holy. He is powerful. And He hears all of your prayers all of the time. All across the world. No prayer is too small for this great God. If you have a small need, you go before God. There is nothing too small or too great for our God. There is no depth that He cannot reach. Some may think their problems are too small. Some may say mine are too great. Not even God would want to reach this sinner. I tell you, God will reach down to the furthest depths of despair to save His people. When you are in despair, when you are suicidal, when you are depressed, when you are angry, when you are in the depths of the sin of pornography, God will reach to the deepest, muddiest, darkest places and He will grab His people from it. But you call out to Him. Show Him your need and show Him your desire for Him because He will come for His people. There is no thing too small or no sin too great that our God cannot cover and that He will not hear. And you, church, are to be that type of praying church. There is no need too small for this church. God, help us decide how we Landscape our yard. Help us decide how we fix the bricks in the back. Lord, help us with this wayward member. You, church, pray together over these things. Don't say, you know what, Brother Lewis has got it. He'll pray about it. Don't worry, he'll meet with the deacons. They'll pray together. No, you, church, you are the body of Christ. Fitly jointed together. There are the feet. There are the hands, there are the ears, there are the eyes. You, church, are to pray together as a body. Because God hears the prayer of His people. And this church here was praying together. They didn't say, guys, we have this need, now everyone go home. They met together constantly to pray I realize you can't have a prayer meeting every night. You could, but let's be practical. We have jobs, we have children, we have school, we have obligations. But church, I tell you, if there's an opportunity for a prayer meeting, it's just as important as coming to a Sunday morning service. You church should be together praying. You church should be together going before God, asking that He bless you as a church. That He helped you as a church. That you can be a light in this community. That you can be a light in this dark world. That you will be that light that cannot be hid. That He would be so vibrant in your lives as a church that the community wants to come to see what is so beautiful here at this church. This church was devoted to prayer. And you will see that before the 3,000 were converted, that small group of 100 or so was already devoted to prayer. In Acts chapter 1, 
Verse 14. Oh, goodness, there they are. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. Jesus had just been killed. Then he had risen. And then he walked amongst them. And then he ascended. And he says, go you out, preach, baptize. This church is a little scared, I'll tell you. They had been following their master for three years and now he's gone. They were scared. But they didn't go and hide. They came together and they prayed, Lord, guide us. And then when they needed to have some deacons added, they didn't know what to do. They're like, Lord, you choose. When they added another apostle, Lord, you know who the one is to choose. They prayed over everything. And then after this church is together in Acts chapter 4, you see them once again meeting in prayer. And in that prayer, they are worshiping God. In that prayer in Acts chapter 4, they're not just asking for needs. Acts chapter 4, I believe it's verse 24. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? They're worshiping God in their prayer. And then they say in verse 29, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And with a great mighty power. The room they're in is shaken and the Holy Spirit is poured out over them. And they go forth boldly preaching. But they were together first praying as a church and praying in worship to God first and then that He would give them guidance. Corporate prayer as a church is key to healthy churches. Prayer was a top priority for these apostles along with the study of the Word. But this is something sadly we find missing in most of the modern seeker-friendly churches of the present day. In the church today, we find great emphasis on service, which is good and I believe we should serve. We find great emphasis on volunteering, which is good and I think we should volunteer. But how much greater of an impact would you have on the world if we devoted as much time to prayer as we do to volunteering, as we do to going out and serving. Those are good. We must do them. But are we doing enough prayer as a church? Are you praying before you volunteer? Are you praying before you serve? Are you praying for those who are serving? Are you praying for those who are volunteering? I realize not everyone can go out and do things. Some have physical infirmities that would keep them at home. Your job is not to sit at home and wait for heaven. Your job is to sit at home and pray for those who are working towards heaven. One day your day will come, but as long as God has you on this earth, He has a purpose for you. I don't care how bedridden you are, how crippled you are, He has a job for you, and it is to pray for the furtherance of the gospel. Pray for your church. Pray for your preacher. Pray for those who can serve. 
Pray for those who can volunteer. But you all have the duty to pray. No one, no one in this church has an excuse not to pray. Now, Brother Lewis has a job. He's to preach. He's to study. He's to preach. You're not all called to preach. Some of these brothers have been called to be deacons. To serve this church in various ways. But everyone in this church has been called to pray. Are you praying, church? Are you praying? Are you praying at home for your church? And are you praying together as a church? Peter believed in prayer greatly. And he taught prayer greatly. And you will see that this same church, when Peter was imprisoned, middle of the night, let's say two o'clock in the morning. I I don't know exactly what time it was, but they didn't call each other up and say, hey, Peter's in in jail. You should all pray at home. You know what they did? They got together in someone's house and the church prayed. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed until their prayer was answered. They were dedicated to praying to God. It wasn't just lip service. It wasn't just a, I'll pray and then go home. Lord won't answer my prayers. They believed in the power of the Holy Spirit and they believed in the power of prayer. Do you today still believe in the same power of prayer? Because it's the same God and the same Holy Spirit that is here today that you are praying to. And He will answer with the same power and the same boldness that He did when He released Peter from prayer from prison. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, believe it when you pray it. Even this New Testament church didn't believe it. Peter comes to the door and the maidservant Rhoda comes and says, Peter's at the door. And there's like, that's crazy. What have you been praying for for hours for Peter to be at your door? But even they had a hard time believing God will do this. Yes. Yes, he will. He loves to hear and answer his people. Believe the prayers. Be persistent in your prayers. Romans 12, 12 says rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. That same word being devoted to prayer. Rejoice when you're going to pray. Be patient in your tribulation. And remember to pray over those things. The tribulation and the joy. Both. Both deserve prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, everything? Yes. Everything. Give thanks. Rejoice in it. And pray always. Now, we're not always walking around mumbling a prayer. You're not at the grocery store praying out loud. You can. I'm okay with it, but we're not all doing that. You can't pray while you're doing a sales pitch. You can pray in your head that it works, but you're probably not praying out loud during your sales pitch. What this means is to live a life of prayer. Be a praying Christian. Worrying about nothing. Praying about everything. This means to constantly live a life of prayer. 
And that means having faith in those prayers. That means having rejoicing in your prayers. That means praying in your tribulation and praying in the good times as well. But that happens through making a habit of prayer. You must make a habit of praying. It doesn't just come natural. We don't just all become Christians and start praying all the time. You have to make a habit of it. Can prayer be burdensome? Sometimes, yeah. That's a preacher saying that. Sometimes like, I really don't want to go to God with this one. It is not a burden for him, even when it's a burden for you. So you have to do the work of praying. The Holy Spirit does not come down and shake you and say, hey, it's time to pray again. Hey, it's time to pray again. He has given you a will. You must act on that will to pray. Make a habit of prayer. The church of Colossians is a great example of this. Chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. What Paul tells them. He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. He's telling the church, keep on praying. Continue means devoting yourself to. He's saying, church, you must continually make the habit of praying, both individually and corporately as a church. What is this prayer? As we said earlier, it's that talking to God, but it's a communion with Him. It's a worshiping Him together as a church. And it's being submissive to His answers when you pray. You're to watch in prayer. He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. The basic sense of this means to stay awake. And that's not a physical being awake. This is a church. You must be spiritually awake to continue to pray. You must watch in the same with thanksgiving. You must be dedicated to watching. Watch one another. Not that you're spying on each other. Not that you've got the magnifying glass out on each other that you're watching for one another. That you, the church, care for one another. That you are aware of one another. Be aware of your own struggles in your life and be aware of the struggles in your church. If you're not watching, then how are you to be the one to go and help another brother? You which are spiritual, go restore these. You must watch and pray. You must be alert to the happenings of this world. Now, we can get too inundated with news. I am not telling you to go watch the news all the time. Take a break from it is my encouragement to you. But you need to be aware of the sin that is around you. You need to be aware of who your children are with. You need to be aware of the influences you have at work. You need to be aware of what you're listening to in your music. You need to be an alert Christian and praying over it. But more importantly, you need to be aware and alert to when the gospel is not being preached. You need to be, as we talked about last night, you need to be alert and aware when doors are being closed, when ministries are being stifled, when the gospel is not being preached, and where the gospel does need to be preached too.
Be specific in these prayers, Paul is telling me, saying, continue in prayer, watch in the same with thanksgiving, wherewithal, praying for us. You're not going to be persistent in something that you are not concerned about. Are you concerned about last night's message? Are you, church, concerned about the preached word? Are you, church, dedicated to hearing the truth preached? If you're not, then you won't be concerned about praying for that word to be preached. Be specific about it and have an attitude of thanksgiving in it. Every one of these prayers should be blended with gratitude, with thanksgiving. That's how the Colossians prayed all throughout. Read the book of Colossians. It's a short book, easy read. You'll see how they were constantly encouraged to be thankful in all things in their prayers. But prayer is having a continual submission to His will. It's not the notion that our prayer is urging our wishes upon God. That's not what prayer is. True prayer by the true believer is really it's the meeting and harmony of your will to God's will. It's our deepest expression of it's not do this because I desire it, Lord. Oh, Lord, do this because you desire it. Our prayers should be in tune with the will of God. I'm not saying pray selfish prayers. I'm saying pray Christian prayers. Say prayers that are focused on the kingdom of God and His glory. Sometimes that may mean your suffering. Sometimes that may mean your trial. We say, oh Lord, Your will be done. And Lord, make my will in tune with Yours. No matter the answer, Lord, make my will be in tune with Yours. These prayers are to be petitioning prayers. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. This is similar to Colossians chapter 4 too, but let's go to Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. I'm going to read these and then I want you, if you're underlining or if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you specific words to point out. This verse says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that the utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Here again, pray always. Underline those two words or write them down. Pray always. Then he's going to get more specific. To this end, pray always to this end. Here's what you're praying for. For all the saints. Praying always to this end for all the saints. Church, you need to pray for each other. You need to pray for my church. You need to pray for Brother Guna. You need to pray for those that are persecuted in China. You're not just praying for your church. You're praying for all the saints. And I tell you, you're not just praying for Primitive Baptist. You're praying for all the saints of Jesus Christ throughout the world. You are praying for all the people who have had their eyes open to Jesus Christ, even those who may not understand the truth fully. 
Pray that their eyes would be opened even more. That they would truly understand and believe the doctrines of grace. But pray for all the saints. Every one of them. Petition for them. And you specifically petition for each other. Meaning you must know each other, which is what this afternoon's sermon will be about. Now the next thing. Praying always to this end for me. And here is what this preacher needs prayer for, as all preachers need prayer. That the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Are you praying for preaching? Are you praying for Lewis as he studies? Now, I know that y'all prayed for me that over this week I was informed and I appreciate it because I needed those prayers this week. I had a rough couple of weeks. It was a busy at my job. Family life happens. We are not immune to the struggles of the world. We are clay pots as preachers are. We are easily broken. We can fall into sin. We have the struggles of the world. I work a full time job. I have 10 kids. I'm pretty busy. Finding study time is really hard. Are you praying for preaching? Are you praying that preachers will open their mouths boldly? Not that I want the preacher to give me just something good. Are you praying that he will preach boldly no matter what it is that he may preach the truth even when it's hard for you to hear? Are you living in a life of pornography? Are you praying that your preacher would preach on that? Probably not. But I tell you, he needs to boldly declare that truth to you. Are you an alcoholic? Are you praying that your preacher would help you out of that by boldly preaching against that sin? Probably not. Most of us that are in those sins don't want to have anybody tell us about it. But are you praying for him to preach boldly the truth? Pray that he will preach boldly the truth. Charles Spurgeon has a great example of this on praying for preachers. He had a group of young ministers come to visit at the uh, London Tabernacle where he pastored several thousand people, large, beautiful building. And uh, these young ministers wanted to come see the building, so he takes them on the tour. It's beautiful. They're done. He says, now, would you like to see my boiler room? (laughs) No, brothers, it's fine. It's fine. We wanted to see this building. No, no, I insist. And if Charles Spurgeon insists, you follow. So Charles Spurgeon took these men down to a basement to a nondescript room and he opened the door and there were a hundred men praying. And he said, this is my boiler room. And when they said, what is the success of your ministry, Charles Spurgeon? He said, my people pray for me. Church, we need your prayers. Charles Spurgeon was a great man. I love to read Charles Spurgeon's works. But Charles Spurgeon would not have been the preacher he was if he did not have the people behind him praying for him. Yes, God calls men to preach, but He calls His people to pray for those preachers. It is your duty to pray for the preachers. Are you praying? Most specifically, are you praying for Lewis? 
He needs your prayers. And if you're not from this church, are you praying for your pastor? We need you to pray for us. We need it. And God answers those prayers. And one thing that he says in Colossians chapter 4 again, he says, for open doors that we may have the utterance to speak boldly and that doors would be opened. Church, are you praying for doors to be opened or are you satisfied just being Ripley by yourself? Church, pray that doors would be opened in your community. That would give the opportunity for not just Lewis to speak the truth, but you all as a church to speak the truth in your community. Are you praying for doors to be opened in China? For men to go preach boldly? Are you praying for doors to be opened? The most important thing for mankind is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what man needs more than anything. Are you praying for the opportunities for the preachers to go preach that word boldly? Paul was frustrated with his limitations of his chains. He was. But his greatest frustration would have been the limitation of the spread of the gospel. He was willing to be in chains as long as the gospel was not fettered. He was willing to have his hands and his feet bound and be chained to a wall as long as the gospel was not chained. And he would use even his prison cell to preach that word of God. Even in Caesar's own house, a church came because Paul preached in his imprisonment. Do not let the gospel be chained because you are not praying for its open freedom to be preached. The door of faith to the Gentiles was opened in Acts 14.27. Meaning, hey, we now have an opportunity to preach somewhere else. Let's take advantage of it. Let's go preach to them. In 1 Corinthians 16.9, a great and effectual door has been opened unto me. Interpreted, I have another glorious opportunity to go preach the Word of God to the Ephesians. In 2 Corinthians 2.12, he came to Troas and a door was opened unto him. He had the opportunity again to preach Christ crucified. The door of utterance signifies an occasion, an opportunity an entrance for the doctrine of Jesus Christ to be taught to lost sinners. Pray for those doors to be opened. Pray for the unhindered opportunities for the preachers to preach the gospel. Though Paul was bound, the gospel never was. And we must keep praying that the gospel is never bound. We need to pray for the message of the preaching. Pray that the mystery of Christ is preached in truth as we heard last night. Be devoted to the doctrine of truth. The apostles' doctrine that has been handed down from generation to generation to generation. Pray for the truth to be preached. Don't pray for crafty preaching. Don't pray for funny preachers. Pray for truth to be preached in the pulpits. Because what is the goal of this preaching? It's that God may be made manifest to blind eyes. It's that you as the Christian may be renewed in your faith. 
Are you praying for your renewal of faith? Are you praying that eyes would be opened in your own congregation? Everybody here is not a Christian. Everybody in your church is not a Christian. Are you praying that God will open their eyes? Or are you just waiting for it to happen? Pray for it. Pray for it. Pray for preachers to preach as they ought, as Paul says, that I may preach the message of Christ as I ought. We are called to do something. Preachers have been called to do something. We are called to preach the doctrine of Jesus Christ as we ought. Pray for us not to fall. You know, it's easy now in this world. The tickling ears as it always has been. People want to comfort milk gospel. And the easy version for the preacher is to start preaching that comfort milk gospel. Because more people want to hear it. The truth is hard. Pray for us not to fall prey to the common trend of preachers to preach the comfort that people want to hear. Pray that we would preach as we ought, which is the truth of Jesus Christ, taught in the word of Jesus Christ, even when it is hard for you to hear that we would preach as we ought. Pray that we would speak faithfully. Acts 20.20 says, declaring the whole counsel of God, keeping back nothing that might be profitable for the churches and with certainty, boldness and steadfastness of soul and freedom and of mind, not seeking to please men, aiming at vainglory and popular applause or being afraid of their faces, menaces or reproaches, declaring the whole gospel. You need all of it. You need every bit of the gospel. Pray that we would preach every bit of the gospel. Now, there's some passages that are still hard for us to preach through. I've not tackled revelations and it might be a little bit while before I do. But I need to get there. I need to preach the whole gospel as I ought. So you need to pray for me and you need to pray for Lewis and you need to pray for the preachers. That we would preach the whole gospel, holding back nothing Even what is hard for you to hear. We're to reprove, rebuke, encourage and exhort. Some is hard and some is easy, but we must do it all. So let's go back to this praying church that is praying for the gospel that they are so dedicated to. Remember what that mission statement is, that they are dedicated to the apostles doctrine. And they are dedicated to prayer. And a big part of that prayer is that that doctrine would be spread. As you'll see Sunday. But pray in faith. Believe it when you pray it. James chapter 1 verses 5-6 through says to pray with a full assurance. That you're going back into Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 22 saying let us draw new... Near with a true heart and the full assurance. Be assured that your prayers are heard. Be assured that prayers will be answered. Believe when you pray. 
Brothers and sisters, ours is a spiritual battle. Therefore, the weapons of this world that we must battle, our weapons must be spiritual as well. And you start with prayer. You start with praying, God, guard me as I put on your armor. You have given me the tools, God. You've given me the breastplate, the helmet, the sword. You've given me the shield. Bless me as I put them on. Lord, guard me as I put them on and guide me as I put them on and guide my feet as I go forth. This is a spiritual battle. And you must be a praying Christian in this spiritual battle. Let your request be made known unto God. Prayer is that ultimate weapon in this battle against Satan. Let the success and the spread of the gospel be dear and near to your heart. Invest yourself in the spread of the gospel through praying for the spread of the gospel. Pray for open doors. Pray for the ministers. But don't forget to pray for each other. You need each other's prayers in your lives. When you're hurting, your church should know. Now, you don't need to tell everybody everything. But it's enough to say, I'm struggling and I need your prayer. In church, don't go prying where you don't need to. But say, that's enough for me. I'm praying. You need one another. This corporate prayer is vital to the health of the church. I would even say that a church is only as strong as its prayer. A a prayerless church will crumble. A prayerless church will fall. Now these four aspects of church, the doctrine, the fellowship, the Lord's Supper, the prayer, they are critical pursuits that make the church what it is. And what God intended for you, Ripley, to be as a church. So go forth. Go forth being a praying church that is devoted to the message of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we come before you boldly knowing that through the blood of Jesus Christ we are heard. Because he is holy. He is righteous. He is perfect. And He has covered us. He has washed us whiter than snow. There are no blemishes or spots of sin when we come before Your throne because we only approach through the blood of Jesus Christ. And You hear us because of Him. Lord, we know we have the indwelling of the Spirit with us here today. And Lord, we would boldly come before your throne and ask that you bless our churches. That you would bless this church specifically to be devoted to being a praying church. That they would be dedicated to praying together. That they would be dedicated to praying privately. Praying with their families. Praying in small groups. Praying with their friends. But most importantly, Lord, praying corporately together as a church body, lifting one another up so that, Lord, you may be lifted high and magnified above all others. Lord, we pray what Psalm 34 says, 
Oh, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Lord, we lift you high today. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.